I think this is a great thing as a dictator, as a, a king, uh, autocrat, is more free stuff. Welcome to If I Were King, the podcast where two friends somewhere on Earth talk about the New World Order and other things, including, but not limited to, the lizard people. So where, where'd you go? Where'd you go uh, dirt biking, man? That's, that's dope. We just go literally in the desert next to the high school that I went to because uh, I was literally, I went to school in the middle of nowhere pretty much, so in the desert. That sounds fun. So was it just you and your dad? Was that a father-son bonding moment? With my brother too, yeah. Okay, all right. He's, he's less important, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is your brother older, right? He has an older brother, right? Yeah, two years. So you are the baby. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that's that's nice. That's good. That's some good. Uh, that's some fun stuff. So, Paul, now that we're here, let's 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 get into it. Uh, do you want to open up? Sure. Or do do you want me to open up? Actually, I I think I've done it a few times. So you you go first, Norman. Oh, okay. All right, we're gonna change it up. All right. Well. Paul, if I were king of the world, um, I would make it mandatory for people to pick up uh, kitchen speak, also known as restaurant speak. Um, Do you know what that means? I kind of like glanced at your notes, so yes, but why don't you just... How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) You you just, I'm going to, you go over it and I'm going to pretend like... I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I still fine, don't really. Do, do you know what? Do you, do you, is, okay, well, be, before you looked at my notes, I'm going to say by accident. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you, do you, did, did you know what that meant? No, no idea. Okay, cool. All right, well, so <laughs> for anyone who, who doesn't know what, what that means, is uh, <laughs> it's, it's saying things like behind or corner, hot. Uh, things like that when you're working, uh, and that's specifically, I'm thinking, uh, in the restaurant, uh, a lot of things like crossing, under, over, things like that. Um, so anybody who's been in a, in a, in a restaurant or probably any, like, environment where, you know, you're working in proximity of other people with dangerous things, like hot, sharp things, um, a lot of people know about this. Uh, I'm sure tons of other jobs kind of, kind of do this. But anyways... Um, so since you didn't know about this, did that means you never had any jobs like that, that you've had to kind of had uh, any lingo like that or, or have you? I worked at a subway once for two months. <laughs> oh, well, you, just... must have, you must have had some sort of kitchen speak there. No, not really. There were, it wasn't that busy in the back or, mm-hmm. you know, there, there was enough space you could walk around and then nothing is hot at a subway in the back, you know, or a sharp. Well, don't you really, have like so. that? Don't you have... Th- don't you make the bread and don't you have that high industrial oven thing? That's in the front though. And then also Oh, oh okay. You so you didn't oh, you didn't do the front. I didn't even know that you were. No, no, I did both. So this is news to me. I was in the front okay, and the back. At Subway you have to do oh. everything. There's no like job where it's like that makes you sense. do one thing, but uh Well, what was was there anything unique about then I guess was there any particular like Subway kind of I like I know it's a, a franchise mostly. Uh yeah. but like was there any corporate speak kind of thing like you're a sandwich artist, right? Oh, yeah. Sandwich artisan. Yeah, that's right. Artisan. Uh, artisan. Okay. Yeah. Eat fresh. I mean, I don't know any more than that, to be honest. 
Uh, uh, no, that's that's really curious to me because like even in that kind of setting, like you still have knives, you still have corners. Like uh, like my subway, my local subway, like it's like I've I've been there enough times over the years. Like it's like two two hallways basically. Connect, it's like a U shape. So like there's yeah. like a main corner, and like usually yeah, that's like probably like, two people working at the same time. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, that communication is still important. But that's interesting. I think it's mostly because there's not enough important. You know, there's usually only like two three people during like the absolute busiest time there would be four people but we're talking you know they're all physically isolated so you're never near each other mm. or like reaching behind somebody with for something sharp and it's just it doesn't happen i think that's i still have a question um for you um did you ever have like uh, like work nightmares or stuff like that from Subway, like hearing the bills come in or something, or like customers walk in or something? Did you ever have that kind of stuff? <laughs> I left before that shit started, so <laughs> you left. You're like you, you sensed it coming. You're like, mm, yeah, no, I'm like fuck this. Well, you know what happens actually? Well, lucky, lucky you. Subway is one of the worst franchises to work for in the sense that, like a McDonald's. There's bad turnover, yeah, but there's probably like 30 employees, 40 employees total, right? Whereas a subway is like 10. So if seven people quit in two days, there's only three people left. And that's how it was fucking constantly. There was never any employees. Mm. And I was like getting ready to do school and stuff. And I was like, I'm not going to be in this like on-call 24-7 environment where they're like, we need you here like now because nobody else works for us. Nah. So I quit. That's basically it. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. So, All right. Well, cool. I, I'm glad that you didn't get um, emo like uh, mentally, emotionally scarred from that experience. So that's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unlike everybody else, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For $9 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that hey, shit. $9, $9, $9 American, not too shabby. Not too Hold <laughs> on. Hold on. <laughs> not too shabby. <laughs> Isn't your federal minimum wage seven anyways? So I feel like Fuck. you're like living the it's dream. Horrible. Part-time job. <laughs> living the dream. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Nine dollars. <laughs> so they're funny, dude, because like the first week they're like, we're going to pay you whatever it is. I don't remember. It's like eight seventy five or some shit. And they're like, if we like you in two or three weeks, we'll give you a little raise. And the raise is you get to like nine twenty or nine fifty or some bullshit like that. But it's like. Shit, why even give me the fucking raise, man? That's not a raise to nine fucking That's twenty the... or whatever it is. Yeah, here's here's your quarter raise. Stay with us. Yeah. That's funny. Subway stories, Paul. You have you don't have any subway stories, but I'm happy you have subway stories. I do. But yeah, so I get but, so yeah, I guess I, I think I guess you can relate then to why I would like to uh implement this mandatory change of um communication. <laughs> yeah. Like um Anyway, so like you said, you work two months. I worked nearly a decade in um, in restaurants. So I do the behind thing or corner thing every single time I'm going around a corner or I'm behind someone. It's in my head now. It used to be like out loud or under my breath, but I cannot stop saying it, whether it's internally or externally. <laughs> I've just been so trained into doing it. Without fail, I always do it. Um, 
Yeah, this uh, this actually came up because this idea came up to me because um, well, this this need for change came up to me because I get my work right now. We have this uh, we have this one corner specifically where it like it it leads to like the main hallway and to the office, and it's like a really sharp, really sharp corner, and it's like a bl blind corner. You can't see who's coming until the very last second, and people keep bumping into each other or like like you know startling <laughs> someone when they like just speed around the corner kind of thing. Or like first thing in the morning, you're like all sleepy, and then someone says, "Oh hey," and you just <laughs> you scare the shit out of them. <laughs> so this, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this office setting, nobody says this kind of thing, and I feel like that's why it needs to be. This needs to be mandatory and uh, implemented uh, uh, across all social work orders, you know, uh, worldwide, Paul. Worldwide, <laughs> no, no matter the workplace. <laughs> yes, no matter where it's 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 one. For, like you know, first of all, like it's pragmatic. It's it's easy to do, and it's like super useful. Like if you're just like out and about, and someone's about to like someone's someone's whatever you're whatever someone's in the office making lunch, and you're just behind them grabbing your lunch from the table, and you just say it's like, oh hey, behind, uh, and they're like, oh cool, it's all good. They don't like do that thing where they turn around and then bump into you because they didn't know you were like you know being sneaky behind them, being real quiet. Or uh, going around that corner, for example, in the office, you know, it's it's an easy thing to say, corner, and you're like, no problem, no bumps, no scares. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a work safety thing and a pragmatic thing, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. important to like you know get those uh, little little things around you, you know. Like, I, of course, we have excuse me or something like that, <laughs> but like people don't really say it, you know. And I think in this day and age of everyone just kind of. Um, not wanting to talk to each other and like just they'd rather be on your phone kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think this is uh, more important than ever than we say these little things. Even like if it's on the bus, like uh, oh behind, um, whatever stuff like that. Like even in public, I've I've caught myself like suddenly being really close behind someone unintentionally and being like just under my breath behind. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like, but um. Yeah, Paul, like, what, what do you think about this change? Uh, I think it's a great pragmatic way, uh, and it's, uh, I think the masses would, uh, of course, resist it at first because people don't like change, but I think after a while, uh, it would just become second nature, and people would uh, think it's the most common sense thing to do. I think it would bring, a, honestly, I think it would be one step closer to world peace if everybody did this. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's a great idea, Norman. What I want to know is how do you implement this how do you teach this and require it of people what are your what do you mean those are good questions methods? paul those are great questions uh it's this starts in the schools <laughs> okay <laughs> this starts in kindergarten <laughs> preschool whatever um you know all the workplaces will get their mandatory training it'll be like you know uh, for example here in british columbia we have WorkSafe bc and there's um mandatory things that workplaces need to do stuff like that i would implement into policy change uh, stuff like that like yeah you need to you know day one training is like this is how you use our software this is your login uh, this is how we speak we say car we say behind and stuff like that so it would be you know it would be from the top and bottom uh, speak kind of thing like uh, you know institutionalized policy wise and then socially as well um, you could it would be like little things like I don't know you're at a what's the name? let's make this American you're at an NBA game and then <laughs> the announcer says uh, you know that's halftime Remember to say corner and behind. See you in ten minutes or whatever. Like little, it doesn't need to be superimposed, like shoved down your throat. But it would be like it would be like propaganda. Just you'd hear it everywhere, but not question it. Okay. 
So I like but this is for the betterment of everybody. <laughs> there's a there's like a stark contrast arising, Norman, between mm. my my methods and your methods of being mm, king. Tell me more. So y- your kingdom is very democratic, and mine is just straight to the authoritarianism. There's there's absolutely. I, I never no. said this is democratic change. This is this is for the good. I am I am the benevolent <laughs> autocrat. <laughs> 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 the good dictator. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. So that that's my quick and uh, dirty wi- uh, change as king. I think it's something easy to implement. Uh, definitely way more paperwork that you would think. I, <laughs> I think <laughs> for a sudden implementation, but um, I think it would be one of those changes that would just kind of be like, oh, this is annoying, but would be taken up and within. I would say a year or two, I think everyone would not even be questioning it anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of these, the over, like, for example, you're you're carrying something over somebody's head. Is that right? When you say over? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, like yeah, pra- pragmatic things, like, you know, it doesn't need to be in the kitchen, like, um, I'm grabbing a pot or a pan or whatever spices over your head, and I'm just saying, hey, over you, or whatever, I'm opening the, wa- uh, like, the the cooler under your knees i'm like hey just under um other things would be like corner sharp that's a very common one like you're turning a corner of a knife um crossing hot like you're turning around with a hot pan those are that kind of things and you know the day to day it would mostly be behind and corner um but i think those kind of things would seep into other pragmatic things uh like for example <laughs> like even when i'm working working when i'm cooking at home uh, I still say like crossing hot and knife or sharp <laughs> because I'm when I'm cooking I'm working okay. even if it's at home. <laughs> so I think those kind of things would uh like just naturally just seep into people and it would just be it would be good it'd be a good change I think. And so, at like the grassroots level, I mean, at your office you could be like corner when you go to that corner, you know, and then exactly. hopefully it catches on. And they're like, wow. Yeah, because yeah, it's just it's ha- it's 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 good like public practice, like just saying it even just in crowded spaces. Like you're in a little bit of a rush, so you're like trying to squeeze through people in like the crowd. So you just say, oh hey, behind, behind, you know. It's you know similarly to excuse me, but also just also like it's giving that uh, direction as well. You know, it's like oh when someone says excuse me, especially in a crowded place, you might not know where they're coming from. Uh, but if you say behind, oh someone's coming behind me, maybe they're in a rush. Like maybe you're being polite about it, maybe you're being rude about it, but at least you're being like, hey, I am behind you. You know what's happening. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's a good idea, Norman. That think... uh, that would be my that would be my change, Paul. Yeah, I think pretty easy to implement. So at the schools and then so in the workplace how do you like enforce that just like policies institutions it would, it would policies? just be like you know it's just like every whatever every country state province etc like they all have like workplace standards like you need to have a fire extinguisher you need to have emergency exits and uh part of your onboarding or your training is like learning or just like reminding or teaching, you know, if this is week one, you're teaching. If it's year one, you're reminding all current and new employees is like, remember to use these words when um, walking around the workplace or, you know, anything like that. Is there any punishment for not using those words? The punishment? Well, I, I don't, I, you know, that's a good, that's a good call. That's a good call. I think, I think it would have to be fines. Like, I, I don't like if, 
when you're trying to implement a simple change like this and you go too hard, people will resist it even harder. They're like, why are you forcing me to blah, blah, blah. So I think it would just have to be uh, fines. I, and I think it would have to be like towards workplaces and stuff and like not individuals. Because if you do individuals, people will go on social media and, and then, I, then I got civil unrest and I don't need to deal with no civil unrest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just because I want people to say behind, uh, <laughs> so I think it would be more. It would be more like you know the auditors, the workplace safety inspectors. Like they'll just be listening for that kind of stuff, and you know maybe we'd up that for the first year or two. Uh, those kind of audits or in inspections, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would go after the individual. I think that would be overkill and counterproductive, and really it would be the workplace. And because your boss will be like, "Shit, we got fined." Like they need to double down on making sure that happens. Uh, and so your your managers, supervisors, whatever, uh, owners will will make sure that happens in the workplace and, and of course, in schools. And those are the two places we spend most of our lives in workplace and school. So if you can get it down there, uh, it'll it'll I, I believe it'll seep into everyday life and in public life. So, yeah, All right, that's that's how I would implement it, Paul. That's a great question. Cool. Cool. Well, it, it, it kind of segues into what I would do this week if I were king of the world. It's a lot more authoritarian and dictatorial than that. Go on. Yeah, so political polarization, right? It began in the U.S., but that shit's getting everywhere and it's getting out of control. So, Did, did political polarization begin in the U.S. or since <laughs> no. time immemorial that there was politics? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very, been very American centric attitude. Um, everything has, <laughs> everything was made, invented, and started in the United States of America. The modern <laughs> branding of it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I don't fucking know. I'm just making shit up. But yeah, it's out of control. It's got to stop. And who better to stop it than me, Norman? your friendly neighborhood dictator. So if you remember from previous episodes, us talking about the, the poop duty and the emperor, going to kind of continue off of that. So a new civic duty will be created, much like poop duty, uh, which was sort of like jury duty, but not. So uh, a new civic duty will be created much like poop duty from previous episode, much like jury duty, except not like it at all. A council of a thousand randomly selected Americans will have to drop everything to fly to the Capitol to deliberate over the question, what is too polarized? Once they've defined an answer to that, the council will then be trained as officers of the reasonable and sent to the states to identify violators who believe in polarized bullshit and try to push it on other people. And mm -hmm. ironically, though, there's going to be a really big problem trying to identify what polarized is, because in a group of a thousand Americans, there's bound to be a lot that believe in some fucking bullshit. So I came up with a solution for that, which is uh, we'll have a subcommittee of the world's best stand-up comedians to proceed over the sessions and determine which assholes need to be kicked out of the council straight straight up. Okay, all right, all right, all right. All right. So before yeah. you go on, what is the change? Uh, I, that sounded like a process, but what is the change? What is the change? What do you mean? Yes, like what? what is the implementation? Is it the 1,000 persons um, um, council or what, what are you implementing? <laughs> well, yeah, so basically 
those thousand people, right, they figure out what's too polarized. And then we send them out to the states and they're like a kind of officer. And they just basically look for people that have bullshit opinions that are too fucking polarized. And there will be punishments. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll kind of... (laughs) So it's a a thousand person council for finding bullshit opinion. Yes. (laughs) And then they become... Can you give me an example of an opinion? That's bullshit. <laughs> no, because that's the point. They have to determine that. <laughs> you have to take okay, a thousand so... people so that there's a big enough sample size to determine mm-hmm. what reasonably can be considered by a large amount of people to be bullshit. Okay, and, and when you say this, is this finding random individuals on the street? Is this finding politicians, public figures? Who, who's, who are they, uh, uh, I guess, judging? Yeah, so it's going to be quasi-democratic, so they are random people. They're just... Okay, so random people. And you just add, what, you just give them a survey and you say, give me your opinion? <laughs> <laughs> well, they have to, like, meet. It's like Congress, you know? They, like, come together and have big old fucking UN Congress-type meetings where they're like, all right, we're going to talk... Today we're going to talk about, like, alt-left opinions and, you know, alt-liberal, whatever you want to call it ultra left ultra right opinions and go through and find like where's the line for what is too fucking polarized and is just ultimately toxic to society so they identify that line where that is and then there will be punishment i just i just want to i just want (laughs) to jump in here and say this kind of sounds like what is already done in totalitarian Is you're finding what, what's, what's going out of line, eliminating it by a democratic council of selected people, and then making sure everyone is within the lines. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the council itself is selected quasi-democratically. <laughs> it's not like... In an actual... What, what is the limitations to this council? Can they go after you? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. And what happens if they find you too polarizing? <laughs> <laughs> then I'm fucked. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, so here's the punishment then. I'll get, I'll get right into it. So, again, so the comedians will proceed over the sessions. If there are people who believe that things aren't polarized because they're polarized, then the comedians will kick those assholes out and they're no longer part of the council. They will still have a special role, though, that I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, But to speak about the punishment, first-time offenders who are speaking polarized bullshit, uh, they'll just get one one month of poop duty for the emperor, which, if you remember, is actually really dangerous, Norman, because... Yes. Uh, you can actually go to the gulags if the emperor barks at you once, Norman. So it's quite dangerous. Uh, the second... I, I like your world building. I like your world building. Paul. All your ideas are, they're not one-offs. It's all, it's all a series of interconnected ideas. I really, I, I like the way you approach our whole idea. Yeah, <laughs> By the end, it's going to be too complicated to keep track of. <laughs> I think um, we're going to need somebody to, uh, like, record a flowchart of all the ideas and have them affect one another. It's true. 
There needs to be then another like subcommittee just to keep track of what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> so many subcommittees. <laughs> the most bureaucratic like dictatorship in the world. That's like, the point like... of like being like a dictator, a king, if you will, is to make have ultimate authority and make decisions. And you're just like a figurehead who just has a bunch of bureaucrats fighting for like minuscule position posts and committees to have like the most little influence possible. You divide and conquer your nation. It's true. Well, that's kind of part of the satire, right? It's like when I was saying about the unnecessary acronyms. That's a satire. Right? Oh, throwback to episode one. Love yeah. it. That was an amazing idea. Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of similar, right? Like, you're satiring the fact that there's all these unnecessary bureaucracies and unnecessary red tape and paperwork and this, that, and the other by making, like, ten times as much of that shit and just making it more and more complex and ridiculous. So that's kind of what I'm going for is Norman is uh, making this as ridiculous as possible. So, Norman, I want to talk about second-time offenders' punishment. Second-time, okay. All right, second-time offenders. Yeah, so they finish poop duty. <laughs> repeat offenders. Yeah, repeat offenders. Exactly. <laughs> they survived poop duty. They didn't go to the gulags. Now what? Uh, they come back into society, and again, they try to push their bullshit on other people. This time, it's 10 years' work in the gulags. Guaranteed. No, no chance of getting out of that. Uh, what is too polarized? Again, the council decides that. 1,000 people minus, quote, the assholes. And the assholes determined by the comedians. And, yeah, Norman, that's about how it goes. What do you, th what do you think, Norman? <laughs> What what do I think? I I love your world building ideas. I love your um con convoluted, weird way of being a dictator. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty it's much ma maintaining an iron fist through confusion, <laughs> red tape. <laughs> It's, You're like, we're making change. You just need to go through the 712 <laughs> subcommittees to make it to me to make a final say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's why, of course, they, the polarization committee can definitely judge you, but it'll take decades for it to actually reach you. <laughs> and then when, a, when that piece of paper lands on your desk, you just throw it in, in, in the recycling. <laughs> it's You're like, ah, noted. Yeah. Also, all of you, uh, the puppy. Right, right. <laughs> go, go pick up poop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I think, ironically, some of it could work, but it, it, it's a bit insane. Anyway, I, I ran into another problem, though, Norman, which is that, mm -hmm. unfortunately, right... Because these officers of the reasonable would probably be, like, they're kind, you know? Like, normal people, so they're kind, you know? They haven't just got that iron fist in them. So... Right, right. So right. your polarization committee will make people uh, less extreme and therefore more kind. 
Well, no, it's not that. It's that they won't want to punish people for just mm-hmm. having opinions about stuff. <laughs> so, because they don't think like me, like they're, you know, they're kind. So, they probably won't want people to go to the gulags. So, Norman, I created another subcommittee to ensure that they do their job. And this subcommittee will be made up of the first hundred people who are too polarized, either the ones that are kicked out, the assholes that are kicked out by the comedians, or people who are out in the society being punished for being assholes, or for being polarized. I mean, <laughs> I'm using that as a synonym now. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the first 100 very polarized people will be selected to be on this subcommittee to audit the people who are, you know, from this council. Uh, fifth, the ideal actually would be that you collect 50 people who are from the ultra right and 50 from the ultra left. And they essentially make sure that the officers are punishing either, you know, the one that's opposite them. So if there's an extremist conservative, the alt left people or the alt liberal, whatever you want to call it, will ensure that the officers punish them and to ensure that the opposite happens the alt-right first 50 polarized people will be selected to make sure the officers punish the uh, extremely (laughs) extremely left or liberal people yeah so that sounds fun paul do do you want to hear a change from a listener oh yeah 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 Okay, great. So before I before I started, we started recording ten minutes before. I put a shout out on Twitter. Uh, follow us at If I Were King Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. If I Were King Pod, uh, and you might be able to get your your voice, your opinion on the uh, on our on the pod. Um, nice. Anyways, so um, Nikki uh, Nikki also has her own podcast. It's called um, um, uh, Let me find it. <laughs> it's called the nikki talks podcast um so thank thanks for giving your suggestion on twitter uh so she goes into some very serious uh stuff uh like the status of class and money um people you know struggling with uh personal issues but really as she ends off on i think which is i think the most important note what i think is a great idea if we were um dictators is um more free anything so i think i think this is a great thing as a dictator if as a, a king uh, autocrat is more free stuff <laughs> okay <laughs> is there specific people love free stuff oh no that's it but paul how would how, i'll tell you how i interpret this this is a way of control paul we we give more free stuff <laughs> <laughs> little things that you're like wow like you can just say but like hey you don't need to pay your water bill uh, or how anybody in bc would say it the hydro bill uh <laughs> But, you know, I think more free anything would be great, Paul. How, how do you interpret this? Yeah, I think it's a good bait and switch, Norman. You give people free stuff and then you have expectations. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess it can also, I guess you could also see that as um, uh, put, digging a hole that you can't get out of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Giving too much free things and then you're like, wow, I can't afford to do this. You're like, here's, here's free utilities for the month. Okay, now we need you to like go. I don't know. 
I don't know. Go join a council. <laughs> go be officers of the reasonable. <laughs> I, I've I've seen this like in real world. Well, like governments subsidize fuel or they subsidize like um, wheat prices or something, and then all of a sudden, like the government is just like running out of money, and they need to ta- they just can't afford to subsidize something anymore. And mm-hmm. then one day they say, "Hey, we're not subsidizing this," and then all of a sudden, gas prices go up like triple, or or bread, or is also tripled or whatever overnight and people lose their fucking shit is that what happened in fucking france recently or no <laughs> i don't know i kind of ignore any french news because they yeah. are uh you know they're better than us they're better than us uh, so <laughs> i let those snobs uh, alone uh, <laughs> uh Fr- french people d- don't at us don't at us uh <laughs> Norman, one day, if we're super popular, we're going to get some French hate. <laughs> um, You're like, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> right on. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a good idea. I like free stuff. I think that the U.S. certainly doesn't give out enough free stuff. Uh well, they do, but they give it to the businesses. They don't give it to the people, at the very least, most of the time. We'll be back right after this. Paul, what are you, what are you bringing today for Cultural Corner? Today, Norman, I want you to guess what another word means. The word. Another word? Yeah, yeah. You remember like Nimrod? Uh, oh, okay. All right, like a synonym? Oh, guess the word. <laughs> I yeah. love this again. Guess the word. All right, let's go. Yeah, guess what it means. Guess what, you know, how it'd be used, stuff like that. So all right, all the right. word today is crepuscular. Perposcular? No, no, sorry. Crepuscular. Perposcular. <laughs> no, crepuscular. <laughs> <laughs> what do you talk? Per- I'm going to... Per I I just need to. I'm just. I'm not gonna Google the meaning. Just perpendicular. How do you spell this word, man? (laughs) I'm gonna spell it for you because you're not hearing it. (laughs) It's with a C. C R. So P. No, no. C. C R E P U S C U L A R. You got that? Crepuscular. No. Surpuscular. <laughs> no. <laughs> let what? Me, let me text it to you. Okay, Surpuscular. That's what I'm saying, man. Oh, crepuscular. Oh, crepuscular. Crepuscular. Yeah. You're not enunciating, bro. You yeah, are. yeah. It's just... <laughs> it's mic issues or something. I don't know. Okay, crepuscular. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What does that mean? Wow. Um, I have no idea. Sir. Crepuscular. Um... Crepuscular. Wow, this is. I don't. I don't have a clue to start. So, muscular, uh, like vascular. All right. So this is something to do. Oh, uh, is this coming out of your class? Your your studies. So something to do with the flow of something. Uh, crepuscular. I don't know what the what the prefix cre means or cre. <laughs> cre- uh, okay, uh, so I'm just going to guess it has something to do with uh, some sort of movement of liquid or air or something or some sort of um, 
some sort of system where, where movement is involved. That's that's where I'm going to leave. And then the cr... Is, is this something to do with like the crust of the earth or something? Uh, and like earth movement over long periods of time or like or like uh, the movement of certain like whatever, uh, like certain um, like plateaus or something like that. Like it doesn't need to be like the earth's crust, but like um, things on the earth crust. Am I at all on the right track, Paul? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than it could be, though. <laughs> that's that's what I was thinking. It sounds kind of like the movement of something to do with like, like earthly bodies, like hey! plateau movement over time. You're uh, so fucking close with that. You're very what? close with earthly, earthly body. body. Oh my, is it like when you said earthly, earthly body? Oh, is this something name. to do with satellites? Well, is that going not going mechanical wrong? satellites? Oh, what about what about oh, like moons and stuff? Like the Earth is like a moon in a sense. Yes. Okay. Crepuscule. Is it is it like the effect of gravity on like the Earth's crust over time and like <laughs> geomagnetic kind of stuff? No, not quite. Well, you know what, Paul? Um, that's that's what I was gonna say, and now I feel like you, now you just gotta tell me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So the real meaning, Norman is let me get you i since you asked last time about like my source for definition i got one uh fucking cambridge dictionary mm -hmm. of animals it puts in parentheses of animals active or appearing at the time of day just before the sun goes down or just after the oh. sun rises when the light is not bright oh that is a cool word paul this yeah. is a cool word i like it a lot Corpuscular, so it's like that uh, twilight time animal kind of activity. Yeah, like animals who are only active during like twilight times. Yeah, exactly. That is, uh, I love this word, Paul. I love it. Tell me yeah. more. Yeah. Well, they sleep twice a day, like fucking kings, Norman, and <laughs> <laughs> that's what my reaction to the definition was. Is holy fuck these kings. <laughs> Actually, they only sleep once a day, but they it's either they are awake at dusk or at dawn. I don't think they're awake at both. Maybe there are, but I looked at it a bit further. It's from the Latin crepusculum, meaning twilight, mm -hmm. and there are matutinal and vespertine animals, so morning and night, you know, uh, dusk mm -hmm. animals, respectively, and... Yeah, you got some good... They, they had some silly example sentences once again. They said, uh, you know how some animals okay. are nocturnal and some are diurnal, but what about animals like deer that are active during dawn and dusk? These animals are crepuscular. That was their, that was their I example did, I, sentence. I don't believe deers are crepuscular. What? I've seen them... That doesn't sound I right, live in a very right? deer-heavy area, and I see them all the time during the day, and I can tell you the drivers who almost die every day by hitting a beer deer during the day. <laughs> Can, I don't think that this, I think this, first of all, I think the definition, great, great example. But also I think deer is wrong because deer are active during the day. They They're like are. nibbling on people's yard. Yeah, so what, maybe a certain type of deer or something is like that. Like, I don't know. I guess like so. Like a small man. deer like in the Andes Mountains or something in like Chile. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I... I uh, definitely not the, the European deer that are like uh, that are like here in BC or whatever. 
Are the deer in the North America, are they, are they European? Oh, they're invasive. Yeah, deer are not, uh, like deer here in like North America, I can't speak for all of North Korea, but I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you know our email. Um, is, but like for, they, they are very invasive. They're not like, uh, there were no deer here before. Uh, they were brought by Europeans for hunting. That's it. No um, they shit. devastated a lot of places. Um, like for example, uh, the archipelago of Hadaguay, like the deer just devastated a lot of natural um, food sources, berries, other things that grew, and it was just like local diet was just destroyed uh, because like the deer just would eat everything uh, because they're forage they're foragers, right? Like they yeah. just eat anything low to the ground. So yeah, no, they're they're yeah they're super invasive. So deer no. are not like like horses. Like horses at some point were in North America and then naturally extinct got extinct, and then Europeans brought horses back. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the um, yeah colonialization bad um so yes but anyways crepuscular cool word <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i would i wish to be a crepuscular person and sleep twice a day like a king like a fucking king <laughs> so if i were king paul i would be crepuscular so paul how did uh how did this come up how did this come up to you in your life is this is this something this you always you always find random things like this tell me about it how how this come up this I actually I I wanted to do another word one because I thought that was pretty fun with Nimrod. Okay. <laughs> so I I googled like weird words or some shit. I love it. I'm I'm gonna drop this around. People are gonna think I'm so smart. Um, I'll be like, well, you don't you know? Don't you know? You're like, 100% of Normans are crepuscular animals. That's why I came to work late today. <laughs> this, 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 word is, this word is bomb, dude. This word is bomb. Yeah. Um, it's got applications. Uh, Paul, do you know what else is bomb? Uh, fireworks. And um, you know what's coming up? Halloween. Um, do you guys in the States, or I don't know if in the States, but uh, in, in, in Albuquerque, do you guys do fireworks on halloween is that a traditional thing no that is so weird to me do you know how weird that is to me Dude, i want to ask you how weird it is to you hearing in vancouver halloween and fireworks are synonymous there is no halloween without fireworks that's is that weird strange. to you that's really strange yeah no like this has been my life growing up here dude like i i learned like i don't know a few years ago that this is a unique thing to like the west coast Huh. Um, specifically Vancouver and maybe some other adjacent West Coast cities. I can't speak for them, but for Vancouver, it's like a specifically Vancouver thing because I've had friends who've come here from yeah, East Coast, like Toronto or something like that, and they're like, we don't do this anywhere else. And I, like, for me, Halloween and fire, like, that's like the best part of Halloween is the fireworks. I'm like, yeah, cool, dress up, whatever. Um, but the fireworks are like, it was all, it's just, it just, you know, as soon as the starts, sun starts setting, you hear, uh, <laughs> so that's that's what I'm bringing for Culture Corner is that a Vancouver tradition, which is weird because Vancouver doesn't really have any traditions. It's fairly young city by city standards, and also like not a very like interesting city. <laughs> Come at me, other locals! I dare you. Uh, <laughs> I will fight you on this. Uh, but um, I, I thought one of the most unique things about Vancouver is the Hall fireworks on Halloween. Like growing up. It was so much fun. Like, like every year in October, just a bunch, like October one, uh, a bunch of like temporary stores pop up, 
they're like there's these whatever vacant businesses that are vacant all year and then every every october without fail the the fireworks get the fireworks stores start popping up left right and center throughout the city and you go there and you buy your cheap fireworks for like a few bucks or like you want to go if you got the money to throw down you can buy like hundred dollar fireworks that are like super dope yeah <laughs> uh and as a teenager you you go out uh, with your friends and then you gotta like you gotta you gotta watch out because some people have illegal fireworks like M80s. Uh, do you know what an M80 is? No. It's a quarter stick of dynamite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what a Roman candle is? No, I forget. Yeah, very very similar, but uh, it shoots basically an M80 esque thing into the air, and it's just, it makes a bam. Uh, yeah. So yeah, fireworks like it's fun. Um, it's very fun. Uh, and, but sometimes you have to watch out for uh, the people shooting at me. Means that people <laughs> are in the direction of uh, shooting at someone point blank. That's uh, that's uh, pretty dumb. But people would shoot it in the area around you. Uh, so you always have to watch out. Like, are there are there any little shitheads on this block? <laughs> so you're always listening, looking at fireworks, and you're like, and because the M80s made quite a distinct, like a really strong like a really strong bang that you can like feel in your stomach kind of thing because yeah. it, it was just like a quite a it's a small explosive <laughs> yeah yeah but um in recent years um so on uh november 1st 2020 uh so two years ago now um vancouver did the step of banning fireworks we had a unique law where fireworks are banned in in like the in 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 BC, uh, I'm not sure about the rest of Canada, but in BC they're banned. But we had a exception for Halloween, um, <laughs> so this is why it's a thing, it, or it was a thing, is that yeah there was a, an exception for Halloween. I don't know how this happened in the first place. I'm happy it was, um, but anyways, in 2020 on November one, day after Halloween, the city announces these are illegal. You can't do these unless you have a permit. Um, uh, I think that was the le- that was before like you needed a permit for like doing it on property or something but obviously nobody fucking cared before um and um yeah so so last year was the first year without uh fireworks uh legally in vancouver i wasn't here i was um dying in prince rupert uh (laughs) in the middle of nowhere um doing a job right um but i'm very excited to see this year how it goes um uh, so the reasons behind this is because <laughs> you, it may it, the ban is that you might have assumed it did cause havoc, uh, especially in hospitals from people getting burns, um, property <laughs> damage from fire. Uh, and the city was like, we're kind of, I don't know why we've tolerated this for like so many decades, but we're not doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that was like my first reaction is like, hmm. Does Canada, does the government just let you buy all this it shit? It just was, man. I don't understand. It just was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's just one of those things that developed, like, and it just was. I just, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so now I'm interested to see how it looks like. Uh, I think there are, like, organized proper fireworks happening around the municipalities around Greater Vancouver and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see what's up with that. But I, I, what I'm interested, especially in my neighborhood, I live on the east side. So traditionally, uh, back in the 90s, um, uh, the, the neighborhood I live in, uh, Champlain, uh, like, southeast Vancouver, uh, in the 90s, it was, like, straight up 
like gang territory. Uh, <laughs> not anymore, but so in the 90s when I was growing up, it kind of, it was. Like, kids were like, you need to come in after dark. <laughs> uh, all, all those gang kind of stuff uh, have moved to Surrey, uh, which is a different city nearby. Um, so it's it's a fine neighborhood now, but yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so th- that's the kind of people who grew up here and, the, like, you know, uh, re- rebellious people live here. <laughs> so in our neighborhood, we always had dope ass fireworks uh, and hence the uh the the being shot at with M- uh, roman candles uh <laughs> kind of <laughs> you grow gotcha. up vibes <laughs> but no so I'm, I'm really interested to see this year uh how how it's surviving how are fireworks um how are people applying for more permits to actually do it uh it seems like a hassle to do um generally there's quite a lot of uh police in our area uh uh, because of the history <laughs> so we'll see if they're patrolling more and stuff um but yeah paul uh what do you think about that for a cute little cultural local hyper local cultural corner <laughs> i think it's pretty interesting i've never ever heard of that uh you know it's kind of like fourth of july e in the sense of like there's a lot of illegal fireworks being shot off on fourth of july here and especially here because it's the desert and everything is dry so it's easy to start a fire and burn down like an entire forest and shit but uh there's like you're saying this halloween exception but it's kind of like the freedom exception where it's like this is illegal but today on patriot day this shit's allowed (laughs) that's kind of the that's kind of the feel that i get about it because Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever getting in trouble with the cops for that, even though there's lots of people doing it illegally, and you could easily just go find mm-hmm. them, make some money off of it. But yeah, my, my understanding is like you can just go to states and buy fireworks. It depends. It depends. Not really. Most states, I think, it's illegal. But oh, okay. mm-hmm. we have a loophole, which is that the Native Americans they have their own laws, right? They have sovereignty. Mm-hmm. So they can just sell a bunch of illegal shit on their own property and then put up, they put up, put up like really big tents, uh, you know, big white tents and sell a bunch of illegal fireworks to people. <laughs> Sounds good. Capitalism, baby. Capitalism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They make a fuckload of money off of that. <laughs> but yeah. So how do people get illegal fireworks in Vancouver? Well, they're, like I said, they weren't illegal for that day before. Like, they, uh, right. and there are there are yeah. a few firework shops that like you. I th- I assume you need to show up with a permit now to buy it. Yeah. Uh, like, cause it used to just be everywhere, and I like uh, I actually ha- I actually haven't seen any firework shops around this year. So I guess I'm already seeing this change. But I know there are because I've read in like the news that there are a few shops around. Um, but yeah, like so to me, fire like it just ain't fire. It just ain't Halloween without fireworks, Paul. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really hope that there are enough shops and stuff because that sounds pretty fucking cool. I wish we did that. That would be pretty cool. Especially, it makes like Halloween more like more like options for adults to like chill and watch some fireworks and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, if if you don't get invited to Halloween parties like me. <laughs> <laughs> or do do much on Halloween ever? <laughs> so so yeah yeah Norman I like it. I I tried to 
keep my cultural corner a little bit more um, more abroad and more interesting. But I thought this was a quirky thing in Vancouver that uh, it really is kind of a unique thing. Um, so I it, and also it it seems like it it may be dead. Paul, while, while we're in our break, I want to tell you something. I, so I was washing the dishes just before this, and I thought of an excellent uh, idea for us. And now, oh, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like I may have forgotten it. Uh, oh, shit. 